It's episode 135 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Angie Waller. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am very well, I'm very well. I'm very excited to be in the Everyman Theatre in Liverpool. I know, it's lovely. We're in the writer's room as well. Yes. Right? I feel like I should be typing as I'm sat, sat, sat talking to you. While doing a podcast. Yeah. That is very efficient. <laughs> yes, while we talk. Yeah. Um, yes, that would be uh, distracting, but, but you know, it would be interesting to see what results we could do by the end of the, uh, end of the episode. <laughs> Tell me about impropriety particularly the improv group in Liverpool, not just the thing <laughs> not in just general. Not just I would actually quite enjoy that, <laughs> thinking about it, but I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure if we should record that particular conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, impropriety uh, is a Liverpool-based improvisation theatre company. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just over 10 years old, um, and we started, I'm not a founder member, um, I actually joined because I fancied somebody uh, in the group. Um, I'm now married to them. Nice. I'm company manager of the company. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad that story ended that way because it's awkward when <laughs> someone joins a improv group because they fancy someone. I mean, that's quite unusual. But if that's happened and it turned badly. Uh... Yeah, 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 it could have done, but no, it, it didn't. Um, Tell me the story then. Well, uh, so there used to be um, improv workshops in Mellow Mellow. Uh, which was a venue uh, in Liverpool. And basically, um, Ken Campbell, who was the artistic director of the Everyman um, Theatre, had done some work with some of some proprietors. Um, and they did a project, and I can't remember what the project was called, but I never met him, and I think I either would have punched him or cried at him. <laughs> um, he'd, it, he was a maverick, and obviously it, he's very well-known in the improv world um but the uh it was part of 2008 um biennial and there were all the the celebrations and unfortunately ken passed away so in his memory they did a 2008 long improvathon uh because ken had gone over to canada and met the dynasty guys and brought the improvathon back uh from canada and some of the founder members from impropriety did the improvathon and then went we're quite good at this. We quite like this. We laugh. Um, and so they started workshops and then I attended the workshops. And then we'd do shows in Mellow Mellow and used to do a weekly show there. And the same kind of thing. We were kind of like, oh, we quite like doing this. And then people started to pay us to do it. Wow. And we're like, oh, maybe we could actually make a, an actual theatre company. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Impropriety CIC was, was born. That's fantastic. So you have real people who aren't improvisers watching your shows? Yes. Wow. <laughs> and we still get asked, how do you do that? Really? Yeah. Are you sure that's not scripted? How do you do that? <laughs> do you know what? Sometimes I have no idea. Uh, other times, is most of us in, in propriety are actors, uh, which is why we say we're a theatre company, because we come from an acting, acting background. Um, and I think I've always done improv without realising that's what I'm doing. And I gravitate to, I'm a character actor, so I always get the pull silly faces and multi-roles and stuff like that. Um, 
and yet yeah, when I, I joined in propriety we do exercises and I kind of go ah that's what I did in that show and that's what that director did with me in that show and um yes yeah, so I we rehearse how often do you rehearse um at the moment we normally rehearse when we've got shows coming up so right. we've got a show tomorrow yes we're both in yes um and so yeah we've been meeting weekly um for that uh and yeah I don't know I think I'd I've always been able to naturally make shit up mm. um, and then obviously by rehearsing we polish that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, that's a lovely metaphor. So yeah, can you tell me about some of the shows that you do that are regular? Lots of different ones. So mm -hmm. with the the one that we're doing tomorrow, um, we're doing a mashup with yourselves. Mm -hmm. Then we're doing a, a 45 minute um, long form. Mm. Um, we generally do long form more than short form. However, if we're doing like a, a show in a pub, we'll often do the first half short form, second half long form. We do weekly soap operas. Um, the last one was last year, and that's uh, six weekly episodes. Oh, wow. Tell um, me about that. Were, we've, we've, done, we've done about four, and we'll have a theme. Hmm. Um, and the cast is kind of a rolling cast because not everybody is free every week. Um, we did have one episode where there were three of us in the cast. Wow. Um, and if you've seen an Improvathon, the dark hours mm. are where there's very little plot and a lot of playing. And that episode was right. that. <laughs> a lot of that. Um, so yeah, we're long form mainly. Mm. Um, but and we do... Um, Got a show in Threshold Festival, which is in two weeks, um, and I think we're going to be doing some two prov uh, for that. Right. Um, we will do musical shows if we have musicians available. Um, with with the Improvathon, we're very lucky that Liverpool has so many amazing musicians, and we always have a stunning band. And we'll have we've had trombones, we've had um, harps. It's, yeah, it's absolutely, we're very spoilt mm. in Liverpool. So, um, sell me the idea of the Improvathon, because I love improv, but I love sleep more. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one that I did, uh, which was in 2009, um, I had been told that it was this amazing thing. Trev, um, my husband, who is also an impropriety, um, I was like, it's the best thing ever. I always cry at the end. Oh, it's oh, it's euphoric. And I did my first one and I got to about five o'clock in the morning and the stage moved. Um, when I looked at people's faces whenever I spoke, in my head they were looking at me in disgust. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I hit, hit the wall. So I went to sleep for an episode. Um, <laughs> and went back and it, it was all fine and it, it realised that was just sleep deprivation and people didn't really hate me. Um, <laughs> and got to the end and everyone's all hugging and yay! And people are crying and I remember thinking that was the most stupid thing I have ever done. <laughs> why why have I done that? That's, that's hideous. And then about two weeks later I went, <gasps> that was the most amazing thing I've ever done ever! <laughs> wow. And they're, they're addictive. Mm. Um, 
I do them all, one because I'm fairly stubborn. So from then on, I knew what to expect and I knew what the wall felt like. And sometimes you hit more than one, um, but it's a bit like long haul flight. So I lived in Australia for a, a couple of years. So I just kind of, yeah, it's just the same as being stuck on a plane, but I've got a wig on and uh, <laughs> singing made up songs. <laughs> um, they're, they're so addictive. Um, people will, audience and cast will come for an episode and will end up staying. Mm. Um, so Emma Bird, um, who you interviewed a, a few podcasts ago, she did one a couple of years ago and did two episodes, two or three episodes. And then last year, I can't remember how many she'd put herself down for, but I think she was like, I'll just do maybe two episodes, which is four hours. Yeah. And yeah. She stayed. I think she said she did 12 hours in the end. And then she came back. <laughs> <laughs> she went home, got some sleep. Uh, that sounds a very sensible way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so for anyone that hasn't seen an Improvathon, how's it organised? So you said there are, there are episodes. Yes. And... Uh, so we work on the, the format that Dynasty in Edmonton in Canada um, created. And it's a directed um, long form. So there are, we do 2000 and, so this year will be 2019 minutes, uh, which is 33 and a half hours. Um, each episode is an hour and 45, then there's a 15 minute turnaround. Um, so there's, I can't remember, 16 or 17 episodes. Um, at the beginning of each episode, all of the characters do a hot 30, which is meant to be 30 seconds of filling you in on character or plot, but quite often games appear from that. So I did a 50 hour in Edmonton and one of the characters, every hot 30, was him saying, guys, check it out in different ways. Right. For however many, <laughs> 20 whatever episodes. So that's a way of, if somebody hasn't seen the first episode, they could come in on episode two and they could sort of, in theory, they could catch up with what's going yes, on, but yeah. realistically, They'll just have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we also, um, we've had some years where we've had someone blogging the whole way through. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. And live tweeting. Um, and last year we had somebody visual minuting uh, the majority of it. He slept as well. So he would paint as he would, or draw as he was going on. Oh, wow. And then we'd stick them in the hall oh, outside the auditorium. It's, oh, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is there a sort of a, a setting? Uh, so it always has a theme. Um, last year was a will reading because we had it on Halloween. Ah. And we wanted it to be able to get spooky. Right. But not start off <laughs> yes. in a haunted house. Because, yeah, yeah. If, you start, if you start spooky and you're doing it for 33 whatever hours, yep. where do you go? Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we have, we've done fairy tale. Oh, right. Um, that was, I ended up as Titania. I started off as a, a little old lady yeah, yeah, yeah. and got turned into Titania at one point. That is a great character art to go do. through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, I've forgotten your original question. So, it was just sell it to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, we have audience members that to this day will tell me what my character said and did at a specific time. Do you remember when you did this? I was like, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but it's it's a, a a real kind of not a family bond. It's, it's a bonding experience yeah. because the audience go through the same sleep deprivation if they're doing the whole thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we have we do have audience members that do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I actually don't know how. They do that. How dare you use my writer's room for not writing? <laughs> We're recording at the moment. Well, I'm interrupting <laughs> your recording and I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing! <laughs> and this Chesky who was in the second Liverpool in Provathon? Yeah. Yes. And now she likes to cause trouble. Yes. Yeah. Ken <laughs> 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 Campbell would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Chesky was in uh, um, a space one. Um, so we'll have a theme, we will chat about it before, and we have improvisers from all over the world coming. So in the last one, we had um, a few from London, somebody, I realise I'm just hitting the table. That, For emphasis. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, we had somebody from Dynasty oh, right, come yeah, over yeah. Uh, last year as well. And we'll have like a group chat um, on email to chat about what characters. Ah, so you're establishing characters before you start. Yes, um, because to start anything where you spend the first two hours introducing yourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the it, it's like it's it's a soap opera, so there'll be families, there'll be relationships already set up. Um, but yeah, the going through the tiredness with everyone, um, and we always go out and speak to the audience in between lovely. as well. That's a really lovely um, We did one of the um, ones that we did in the Invisible Wind Factory, we did a crowdfunder for, and one of the things that you could buy, part of the crowdfunder was a pep talk. So <laughs> at any point during the show, in a break, you could go, I'm flagging now, can I have a pep talk please? And it was so lovely because you'd kind of go out and go, are you the pep? Pep talk, people. Yay! Um, so the audience gives the performer the pep talk? No. Or the other way around? Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Fantastic. And, yeah, really lovely. <laughs> so, and, and as well, the, there is an Improvathon family around the world. So people will travel to go to other Improvathons. So I've done 54 hours in Melbourne. Wow. Um two fifties in Edmonton and I did a Brit 30 in Bristol and I did about 14 hours of the London Improvathon and people come from all, it's, it's so lovely. Um, an audience travel as well. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's your own, Tread calls it a box set. Right. Yes. Yes. It's yes. your own box set that you can binge on and people get really, um, invested in the mm. story and it, it can be really touching. Like Emma's character died. Uh, last year and it was really sad yes. <laughs> really really sad yeah, and, yeah. and so there'll be um, yeah it, it, it sounds hideous staying awake for it <laughs> and at times it feels it but it's also it's just wonderful and, and the things that come out from sleep deprivation yeah. are fabulous and the, I think the audience love that they're experiencing that at the same time as the cast as well because there's, I can't remember the name of the theorist, but there was some drama theory about tiring your actors out and then that shreds them of the ego and then they become more truthful as a result. Right, yeah. I mean, um, Ken talked about the, oh, I've just forgotten what it's called. 
The, the lizard brain. Oh, right, yeah. So when you're so tired, you tap into the part of your brain that you don't reach when you're censoring yourself. Yes. Um, and it, it's, it's amazing that we always have a children's episode, which is normally 11 or 12 o'clock on the Sunday. So you've been awake for, well, you've been performing for probably about 20 hours. <laughs> but also you've been awake for a lot longer yeah, because yeah. obviously you're up in the morning. And it's just amazing. It's our favourite, favourite episode. Yeah. And it's amazing how complete sleep deprivation, but you turn everything child-friendly. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a joy. And we the always get children up on stage and it's amazing how you don't just talk nonsense your your brain finds what to say because everybody's brains can do that wow that sounds amazing so, have you have you watched any so i will go along to the first episode i've been yeah. on to a couple of the london improvathons i went through one this year uh, and i did really enjoy it and there was part of me that goes oh i would like to see more and i thought mm. But I love sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I did feel sad because um, I do find it really interesting the idea of having that much time to tell a story. Yes. Because you don't normally get that. Yeah. And the, and the sort of the things you can do when you've got time to explore, you know, that sort of world, I think it's really exciting. Because as well, the, one of the things that we try not to do is we try not to save plot. Ah, interesting. So... Because I know you, I know I would do that normally when improvising, but if you've got fifty hours, yes, exactly. And if you try and save something, then it, it's the same as kind of when you try and force a, an idea in when you do an improv. It, it's not gonna the plot should happen naturally. Yes. And if uh, we had one that was set at a wedding, and everyone thought the wedding would be the last episode, and it was about halfway through. That's interesting. And then the story kind of goes off. Yeah. From that. Yeah, it, it's... It, and it, sometimes it's hard because you, you are kind of like, well, I'll, I'll save this bit. I know that I've got this idea. But then um, one of the directors, Paul Foxcroft, um, his thing was suck it plans. And he stopped <laughs> at one of our improvisons and went, can, can I just say that character there who's just killed themselves, I had all of this plot ready for them. <laughs> suck it plans. <laughs> Because you can't, you may have the, the most amazing idea and then one thing from another character and that's gone. And, and, but that's that's on a larger scale what you get in a normal improv scene. Yes. Where you've got to react to what's actually happened. Exactly, yeah. you're planning six steps ahead, well, you ain't going to get there because someone's going to come in and do something else and it's going to stop it from happening. Yes, yeah. And I think as well, the, the more you do it and the more, I think, well, I think the older you get anyway, the less precious you get about stuff but even things like at the beginning the worst thing I could think of was to be accidentally killed by somebody um, which happened in a soap and now I'm kind of like do you know what if that if my character that if that's where their plot goes yeah just get a new character right okay so you could come back as another character yeah Right, okay, you're not yeah. out of the improv because you got killed in the first hour. No, unless unless you want to. I mean, we had uh, someone who, <laughs> this year, or did the one that we've just done, um, was in a lot of pain with tooth. Oh, no. Um, and <laughs> so none of us expected it, expected it, and he came in with a, um, a dagger in his neck. 
like, oh, okay, <laughs> bye. Um, so yeah, do you, it isn't good form to kill somebody on purpose, to kill a character on purpose, unless you've discussed it. Brilliant, yeah. Okay. Um, but things happen, like I, I accidentally, somebody was pointing a, a prop gun at me and accidentally clicked it. And it's, we have it on film and you see the panic in both of our eyes. And then the whole audience went, <gasps> <laughs> and then they brought the lights down. So it's like, oh, well. Wow. Uh, but I think I came back as a ghost on that one. Oh, so that's there's, a nice thing to do. there's ways around it. Um, but it, in improvathons as well, if you're leaving, uh, so Emma knew that her, she was leaving. So you quite often get a lovely big death scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got stood on by an om, omni, omni god foot <laughs> in the London Greek. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a really nice way to kind of, it, you don't get to bow until the very end. So if you're leaving the Improvathon halfway through, that's kind of your lovely swan song. Yes. Oh, if you want it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, are there plans for it uh, again this year? There are, there are. Um, we're just finalising dates um, and it will hopefully be in the theatre, which is opposite the Everyman, ah. which is the Hope Street Theatre. Uh, which is in the Masonic Lodge. Ah, lovely. Um, beautiful, beautiful new theatre. Um, so yes, fingers fingers crossed. Roughly what month can we expect that to be? September. September. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're just finalising. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that um, you described yourself as a theatre company. Yes. So what influence does the fact that you are actors have on your improv? I think we're very character-based and very storytelling. Uh, so we do um, short form, but we all enjoy becoming the characters. So certainly the soaps and the improvathons are the things that we relish. Mm. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a really lovely, yeah, a lovely dynamic, knowing that you're going out and creating art as well as laughs yes if that doesn't sound too wanky creating art darling <laughs> that's that's very much the tone of this podcast <laughs> yeah. very much about the creating of the art yeah. um so yeah it, it's something that it's a good hopefully a good piece of theater um and it's all fully properly stage lit and and set and no, costume and live musicians and yeah no I, I love it when people bring a sense of theater to the improv because it just makes it feel much more magical to me yes it feels like okay we'll be transported to another place yeah and it can you know, it can be the lighting it can be the sound it's just yeah no, i really love that side of things yes so what's your favorite way to get into character i like wearing wigs <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, I tend to play a lot of uh, silly characters. Um, and the last two, I've actually been fairly serious. And I think the next one, I, I need to I need to get my clown out again. Right, yeah, um, yeah. Because you've got to watch other people doing clowny stuff, going, that's fun. But my, <laughs> my character is now stern. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the when I did the 
Uh, no, it's second uh, Edmonton improv, 50 hour improvathon. Um, Ian, who's a, one of the founders of Impropriety, went and play, played a, a, what's the word? He, he kind of like a, a nice character, played someone elegant. Will you? And I was like, I'll try. <laughs> I went over there without any costume, and it was Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Uh, so, Soap of Thrones. And uh, <laughs> we went costume shopping into charity shops. And I found this amazing mud wig that looked like a crazy lady's wig. Um, <laughs> and also found, found some birds that you put on trees, like false birds. Um, so I ended up as a soothsayer with this mud hair. I gave myself one eye with ping pong ball. Um, and then every time I came on stage, there was a new bird in my hair. And yeah, I didn't manage the elegant. <laughs> but that that came from the wig. I didn't know who I was going to be. And I, I found the wig and went, yep, yeah, that's it. So do you normally get your wigs from charity shops? Because that seems a big... I mean, I don't know what the charity shops are like. <laughs> Have I been to a few in Liverpool? And I hadn't noticed the wigs, but to be fair, I wasn't looking for them. But it doesn't seem like you can always rely on a charity shop. Yeah, no, I own a lot of wigs. Ah. Um, I, I also do a, um, a comedy character called Nana Funk, and she wears a wig. So I have lots of old lady wigs that I've bought online. Oh, right. Um, or, or given as gifts. Oh, really? Yeah, because <laughs> I, saw, I saw this, Ange, thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's now... Her wig is, has changed into a, a, a more cartoon-like. So I, I've got lots of old lady wigs that I don't really wear. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I won a wig uh, recently. In, there's a, a burlesque, because I do granny burlesque. Um, a, <laughs> yeah, a, which we will explore in just a second when we finish this sentence. <laughs> uh, I'm in a, a burlesque group on Facebook, and every month there's a monthly giveaway, and people give away, raffle off things. <laughs> I won this amazing um, blonde Dolly Parton wig uh, that me and sometimes Trev, but it, it's interchangeable. We do uh, improvised mediums called Leslie and Leslie de Bondeville, <laughs> mediums at large. And so that's Leslie's new wig. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about the, so tell me about the, 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 the mediums. So what, what, what's that? Uh, so we... Uh, we do kind of cabarets and events, and we're also doing Threshold this year. And we're medium, so um, we will go to somebody with glasses. Yes, you, sir. You, sir. Let, like, the spirits are talking to me. The spirits are talking to me. We can tell, sir, you have a problem with your eyes. <laughs> um, but we also use improv games ah, right. as well. So we'll play Audience Touch. Right. What's, and, what's... Uh, um, so... Two people in a scene, and you get two audience members up, and then you play the scene, and at the end of the sentence, right. you touch the audience member on their shoulder, right. and they give you the last word of the sentence. Right. Yes, I've heard that called columns, but it's got lots. Ah, of names. yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah, we yeah. call it audience touch because yes. it makes us giggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll play that, and we'll tell uh, ghost stories. Basically, interesting, uh, and we'll do one word at um, one word at a time. Right. Um, but yeah, we basically will gift each other with saying that. Um, so Leslie is now going to be possessed with a spirit from where are they from, and we get the accent from the uh, audience. Yeah. 
So you're playing short form games, but you've wrapped it in a sort of a almost a long form character kind of. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. really lovely. And interchangeable. So <laughs> if one of us isn't free, right. then. Um, Trevor what he's like, this is Leslie, my wife and sister. <laughs> that kind of. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, but yes, tell me more about Granny Burlesque. So um, I, I do clowning. Um, again, one of those things where I've always done it, and then when I've gone to clowning courses, gone, oh, well, that, that's kind of what I already do. Um, so trying to go to as many classes as I can and trying to, to keep learning. And there was a burlesque class uh, run by one of our friends who, at the time, is, was one of the, the best burlesque. She won, won awards. And about five of us went, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So we went and everyone went to the first one and then the second lesson happened and I was the only one out of that group. Wow. <laughs> I was like, no, I've said I'm going to do it. Yes. So I'm going to do it. Yes, definitely, one-to-one um, -one tuition. Oh, no, there were still other people. Oh, right, I would say, right, yeah. okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the others... But it was just your just friendship went, group that dropped yes, out, right? Yeah, okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, not, not the whole right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the class. So I think it was a six-week course and there was a performance at the end. And I had always kind of gone, I'm, I'm clearly not a burlesque dancer. I don't want to be a burlesque performer. However, I would like to do comedy burlesque. Um, I was trying to find what to do and I couldn't think of what song and, and I didn't have an appropriate wig. And <laughs> uh, I was listening to my iPod and Shake Your Ass by um, Groove Armada right. came on. Mm. And there's a little bit at the beginning where the woman on it goes, I'm Grandma Funk. So I was like, that's it. That's <laughs> it, I'm Nana Funk. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I did that as part of the course and people liked it and then kind of did it at a few cabarets, kind of scratch things. And then people started paying me. Fantastic. To dress like a granny and, and take clothes off. So... Um, I keep big undies on. Nana, right. Nana's never naked. Okay. Um, so, because there's, there's a comedic element to burlesque, isn't there, yes. that there isn't to say stripping? Yes. So you're kind of just taking that comedic element and making it more? I think, um, and I don't know if people would agree with me, but burlesque, uh, clowning and improv to me meet at a certain point, so they, they kind of like... Uh, diagram where the the lines cross over yeah, yeah, yeah. um and certainly in in improv even if it's you're doing straight improv and not comedy i think you need to be listening to the audience and you need to be knowing what the audience wants and you could want the most amazing plot in your head but if the audience doesn't like it that it's never going to work mm. and clowning is obviously very much yes. uh, what the audience wants. Um, and burlesque as well, so. Yeah. I know less about burlesque than I do about. Well, it, it's, it was meant to be um, kind of parodies um, mm. of, of things. And I think it, and again, I'm not particularly well read on this, but I think the whole nipple tassels and small undies is people weren't allowed to be naked. So they're like, right, 
there you go, not naked now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely the comedy. Uh, it's burlesque is to me is meant to be funny and is meant to it's meant to be cutting and it's meant to social kind of narratives and it's, I think I like it when you make not only make an audience laugh but you make them think. Cool. So when Nana Funk performs, yes, what does she make them think about? Um. I would imagine at some point it's please don't take any more clothes. It's bizarre how things kind of journeys happen. So I did it as a laugh. People started paying me. Um, and I've kind of now moved into, I've just put a funding application in to do a full show. Um, Using Nana to look at how uh, women are treated in Western society, getting older, yeah, and yeah. how we're not we're not meant to get old, right. and we're bombarded with use cream, anti wrinkle cream. Why do you can't have grey hair? All of and it, yeah, it's it's gone from just being funny just for the sake of it yes. to actually having a yeah, wow. um, which I didn't I didn't expect yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. So the last. Um, I'm working on a new piece at the minute, but the last one I did uh, was literally just me singing Titanium, but it's my hips of Titanium, <laughs> and I've changed the lyrics um, about getting older. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's bizarre. I, d I never meant to be a, a kind of soapbox performer, yeah. but that's happened. Wow, that's fantastic. And you had an interesting reaction from your parents. Yes. Yeah, so mum and dad... Uh, have been told. <laughs> what have they been told? Uh, they'd been told about Nana and they'd seen photographs and they had seen um, a photo of Nana in her undies. So I wear like big um, holdy-in-y cycle shorts and big pants and a big bra. There's, there's very little flesh that you see. And uh, they'd seen that. And then uh, I went home a couple of weekends ago and went, took my Nana stuff and got photographs with my mum and Nana and some videos because part of the funding application is I, I'm kind of yeah. using my mum. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, with her consent. Yes, you get funding, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but also getting stories off her and, mm. and doing research and development with my mum. So they have carers that come to see them and they must have been telling the carers about that the fact they met Nana and I got a text saying uh, just to let you know that we've just watched uh, Nana on YouTube um, and <laughs> we've disowned you as of now uh, I haven't told dad that you're out of the will <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can't tell whether that means you're doing something wrong or doing something yeah. right <laughs> yeah. I mean it's either one of those two it's very wrong or very right but, uh... but it is what I really like as well is um I got reviewed for one of the uh, the routines that I did, and I do. I don't choreograph strictly because I'm not a dancer at all, and I think if I put that pressure on myself to hit certain things at certain times, um, so I have a rough rough idea, and obviously the more I do it, the more I hit the same things. I hadn't done it that much, so it's not fully improvised, but it's. It's fairly improvised, yeah. and certainly 
it's helped amazingly when I've had technical problems and I've been able to improvise. Yes. And yes. they there's one where my microphone didn't work and the clowning at the beginning was funnier than anything that <laughs> I prepared. Um, but the review said something like, uh, it could have gone in um, one of two ways. It, it, it could have been a really terribly um, improvised uh, performance or a neatly choreographed, and luckily it was the latter. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow>. no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, that's the ultimate compliment, isn't it? When yeah. People think it's like, oh, that must have been scripted, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So that's anyone would think that I've, I haven't trained. To, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And what is it about clowning? that? What, what, what does clowning mean to you? Why do you love clowning? Because I find clowning terrible. Not, <laughs> I meant to say terrifying, but I just said terrible. Yeah. Well, some of it is. Well, um, but yes, but that's true of all art forms, including <laughs> yeah. improv. Perhaps, perhaps more improv is terrible than clowning. Um, my so my problem with um, clowning is only that people say, "Oh, it's uh, the training is really intense. It's really terrible." But it's okay if you do it with this particular teacher. So three or four people have said that to me, but each person has said a different teacher. Right. <laughs> so that was like, well, I don't know where I stand now. Yeah, I don't know. That's quite a hard one because, like I said, I. I naturally clown without realising it. And when you say naturally clown, what sort of things do you mean that you do? I naturally pull faces and I naturally, if I drop something, I'll naturally kind of, Way! rather than just pick it up like a normal person. <laughs> right, okay. um, in your everyday life, this yes, is when you're on stage. Yeah, okay. Um, and I've always been drawn to characters um, and multi, I've always been drawn to multi-rolling as well. Um, so changing your body shape to be another character. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't know. I, so I'd, it's something that I do that then I've kind of gone, right, I need to learn how to do this properly. Right, yes. Um, so I've done a, a few clowning courses um, with different clowns who have all been wonderful. Right, okay. Um, I don't think I've done a bad one. And have you been broken down and then reassembled? Or is no, that just a stereotype? I th- I don't know. that It's a stereotype, but it does... It does happen, but I've never done one that's been that intensive. So I d- I've worked with Philip Gollier for a week, and he didn't break you down like people say that he does, but then there was somebody there who's done his, his full school yeah. and I went is he normally like this and he went oh no he's normally horrible <laughs> it's like but you've chosen to come back yeah because the the insults that he gave us were hilarious so they weren't your shit they were oh you are the fleas on the the pubic hair of the archbishop of Canterbury that kind of thing right yeah, yeah, yeah. um I don't actually know what I think about the breaking someone down because I think that's more falling. Ah, right, that's an interesting distinction I've um, not heard before. And because falling is meant to take away everything and, and you find the horrible bits of life by taking stuff away and then you find humour through that. Right. Um, so I'd, I've never been drawn to that style of clowning. That's interesting. Because I don't want to be broken down, no, thank you. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to find things funny. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Untrip over things and, yeah. So how did you get 
What drew you first to improv? What was, what was the first? Hmm. I had a teacher um, in youth theatre and he was the first person to introduce me to Keith Johnson. Um, and I thought he was a teacher at Burton Tech College and he did, uh, took our youth theatre and he was just, everything he did I thought was wonderful. And again, once I've become a professional improviser, a lot of the stuff that we did in youth theatre when I was 15 and 16 was Keith Johnson stuff. Wow. Uh, was a, a, a lot, he was really into improv. Um, I don't know, I like the fact that it's, and again, this sounds really wanky, but it's a really supportive yeah. med art medium. You, your job is to make everybody else look good yes. because, and you know that everybody else is making you look good. And I don't think there are many art forms where you get that. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. Um, that's what I love about improv. It's um, the fact that you work together to create something that you couldn't create individually. Yeah. And the thing you create is more than the sum of its parts. But yeah, that you are working together. Yes. And it's, that's, that's what I love about improv. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the fact that everybody experiences what's happening on stage at the same time yes so seeing seeing the audience see your eyes and your eyes are going i didn't even know i knew that word yeah let alone have just put it in a sentence that makes sense yes um in the last improvathon um one of the improvisers tristan had this amazing epiphany plot epiphany and just the joy of everybody on stage and the audience were like, yes, that, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, a weird thing. And, but it's supportive, supportive. Yes. Yes. And I love it when you're on stage and you're in that moment, you discover something and the audience has discovered it at the same point. You need yeah. to get that with anything else. Yeah. And I, I love, I love not, I've, I do like doing script work, but I love not having to think and trusting that my brain yes. will will get me out of a hole and I don't think touch wood it always had it, it hasn't always been the most entertaining elegant yeah <laughs> never never <laughs> elegant um but also uh I love improv singing oh yes and I actually find it easier to sing than to talk Interesting. And I think my brain is trying to work out a melody yeah, yeah, yeah. to the music, so it doesn't. My brain isn't actually thinking of the words; the words just ah, come out. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but musically, I I love I love it when uh, you get a musician, and there are a couple in Canada who they'd start playing, and I'd start singing, and we'd both kind of go, oh. Yeah. Oh, we can. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. such a lovely as a, a musician. It's really lovely to be able to do that yeah. and have the free reign to to do anything. Yes. No. I love I love musical improv more than anything else. Um, yeah. It's that moment of creation and yeah. It's, and because the music allows you to access emotion. Yes. Um, and audiences love it as well because if you do it really well, it's amazing. If you do it really badly, when you give it a go, they love you anyway. Yeah. You can't, yeah. cannot lose yeah. as long as you commit. And also, if uh, one of my friends once went, "How do you do it, Ange? How do how do you 
like manage to do the songs. Now, and I've got quite good lungs, so I can hold a note for quite a long time. If you hold a note for long enough, it will meet the musician at some point <laughs> and sound like jazz. <laughs> That's a great tip. Okay, <laughs> so, if someone were to step on stage with you, say in about 24 hours, but in general, <laughs> what could they do to delight you? Oh, oh I don't know, just play. Yeah, I think just, yeah, play. Well, what do you mean by play? Uh, kind of play like a child, play. Um, so I'm not very good at, uh, I get told off for using those words, I'm not a natural at finding plots. Right. Um, I like reacting off other people. Some would say that is the very definition of acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've, there are some people that just come out with these amazing, create these amazing plots. And they should be novelists. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Whereas I'm just like, yahoo! <laughs> oh, you've, you've just fallen over, I'll fall over with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I'm always much more interested in, in playing characters and the relationship between the characters and then the story seems to naturally yes. develop from that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, plot's great, but put it in a book. Yeah. <laughs> so, big final, big final question. Yes. What's your signature move? What's your, what saves the day, what brings down the house? What makes people go, classic Walla? Uh, <laughs> um, so Chesky, who popped in earlier, keeps who on... Who I'm totally leaving in, by the way. That's yeah. totally going on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, she keeps on threatening, and we've never managed to get her to do it. But she keeps threatening to do uh, improv on bingo. Okay. So... Uh, she was she was watched an improvathon, and every time something on the improvathon bingo that was in her head happened, she had a swig of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of them is Trev. Uh, Trev takes his clothes off. Trev takes his clothes yeah. off. Yeah, uh, that's a weird signature move. Oh, d d d it would always happen in an improvathon at some point. Right. Okay. There was another one where one of the performers, Herman, will uh, push a chair over. Really? Uh, uh, and then <laughs> mine was, uh, I will sing a ballad with a quivering lip. Ah, uh, that's a nice thing to yeah. uh, But generally, uh, I hunch like a little old lady and I talk in a northern accent. Oh, that's right. normally where I go to. That's interesting. Yeah. Why? Comedy northern. I have no idea. <laughs> Do you not normally talk in a northern accent? I, I've got me comedy northern, like proper northern, oh, like right, that. Right, right, right. As opposed to just not from the south. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I think that's everything. Lovely. Thank, Thank you. you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Thank you for having me on the Improvathon podcast. <laughs> the Improvathon <laughs> podcast? Yeah, not the a stealthy yeah. rebranding of my podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>